Welcome to the Pharmacotherapy Podcast. My name is Lindsay Devon. I am Professor of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. I also serve as Editor-in-Chief of the official ACCP journal, Pharmacotherapy. Today we're talking with Dr. Taryn Bainham about her paper titled, Effect of Abrupt Discontinuation of Antidepressants in Critically Ill Hospitalized Patients. Dr. Bainham is an assistant professor in the Pharmacy Practice Department, Adult Medicine Division at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center of Pharmacy in Amarillo, Texas. Dr. Bainham's research interests include improving care for critically ill patients with an emphasis on infectious diseases and cardiology. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Bainham. Thank you, Dr. Devon. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'd like to uh, ask you some questions about um, your recently published paper in uh, pharmacotherapy, but I, I think we could start with some background. Dr. Bainham, the antidepressant discontinuation syndrome, uh, which is abbreviated ADS, is the subject of your research report. Will you describe this uh, condition and what symptoms typically appear in patients who have antidepressants abruptly discontinued? Sure. Um, This is a condition that could arise after the discontinuation, interruption, or even dose reduction of an antidepressant medication. And this was really first described with the tricyclic antidepressants, but came to be seen uh, with the SSRIs and SNRIs the more their popularity increased. So the literature on presentation of ADS is um, quite varied since patients respond very differently um, to having their medications discontinued. But typically symptoms um, are reported within one to three days after discontinuation. And symptoms can range from uh, minor things such as irritation to some unexpected complications like paresthesias, and then also to serious adverse events such as seizures. Uh, Most of the time, the symptoms include GI issues, affective disturbances like mood and behavioral changes, um, insomnia, dizziness, and headaches. And really, the literature surrounding this topic has been in the outpatient setting previously, so we um, aren't really sure to what extent this syndrome affects our inpatient populations. But we do know that a lot of our patients that come into the hospitals are on these medications chronically. I heard you mention uh, tricyclics, and of course there are other antidepressants that are much more widely used now. Um, I'm wondering, are there some antidepressants uh, more or less associated with ADS than others are? Um, Yes, so really with the previous literature that we have seen, um, we do know that older agents such as tricyclic antidepressants are uh, very commonly associated with this. And in terms of our newer agents like our SSRIs and SNRIs, um, there have been studies that show um, agents with shorter half-lives such as paroxetine are a little more prone to causing ADS symptoms when compared to agents with longer half-lives such as fluoxetine. Um, It is important to note that when a lot of this data came out, um, some of our new agents were not yet approved. So, for example, duloxetine has a relatively short half-life, but wasn't really around when those studies were published. So we aren't quite sure um, how those fit in just yet. But based on our review of case reports when we were looking into this uh, subject, venlafaxine, duloxetine, and paroxetine um, seem to be pretty common offenders in the case reports. 
In this particular study, we did not note any relationship between certain agents or um, certain half-lives in the development of ADS symptoms. Let me ask you one further question about the background of your uh, specific research. As the uh, intensive care unit was the setting for your uh, data collection evaluations, uh, what are some of the reasons that decisions are made in this setting to actually discontinue antidepressants? That's a good question. Um, this is, you know, it's one of the reasons why we started looking into this because it does um, present this issue so commonly. In the ICU, one of our struggles is ensuring that patients have some kind of a viable oral access in order to be able to take these medications. So a lot of our patients have temporary con um, conditions such as GI bleeds that um, don't allow them to take PO medications for a certain amount of time, or they may not have oral access via gastric tubes where they can take oral medications when they're unable to swallow. Um, so that's one of the major issues that we face. Uh, another reason that we've seen these held in our um, ICU population is the presentation of altered mental status. So a lot of times um, the theory behind that is maybe polypharmacy at home, and so the team feels that that could be exacerbated by continuing to administer those medications. Uh, we also note a lot of drug interactions with these medications. So for example, our SSRIs and SNRIs are known to prolong the QT interval, and we have a lot of medications that we use in the ICU that do the same thing. And so in the presence of a prolonged QT interval, um, it may be warranted to hold those agents to prevent um, adverse effects such as arrhythmias. While that is a relatively uncommon um, occurrence, it is a little more prone to happening in our critically ill population. Um, another thing that we run into is um, incomplete or inaccurate home medication lists that can contribute to being uh, those agents being left off as well. So a lot of times our patients come in and they're unable to communicate, and so we have a hard time obtaining um, which medications they're actually on at home. And this is an area I feel that pharmacists can really contribute by making sure that the team is aware of what medications the patient's on at home and uh, being able to advocate for when those might should be started. Uh, I enjoyed reading your paper very much and um, found it very in insightful. Um, but for our listeners, uh, will you just describe the, the primary findings of your uh, specific research? Sure. So in this study, we were only able to evaluate about 106 patients, so we did have a relatively small population of medically, uh, critically ill patients. Out of these, we found that about 61% of our patients were continued on their SSRI or SNRI, while about 39% were discontinued. So we did find that the majority of our patients were being continued on these agents. Um, we found that patients who were discontinued from therapy were actually uh, nearly four times more likely to exhibit a symptom that would be consistent with ADS than those who were continued on their therapy. And we also found approximately a three-fold increase in ADS symptoms in females versus males, and that was uh, very unexpected for us. And then uh, most commonly for our symptoms, we identified affective symptoms such as delirium, irritability, and agitation. Um, as being the most common, and that is pretty consistent with previous literature, uh, citing that mood and behavioral disturbances are uh, some of the most common adverse effects we see. Yeah, whenever this occurs, and whenever um, antidepressants are discontinued in the ICU, and um, uh, 
discontinuation syndrome develops. Um, is there evidence that this complicates clinical care or actually, I guess, would lead to prolonged hospitalization? Uh, that was actually one of the things that we wanted to examine in this study. Um, our theory was that it might either prolong hospitalization compared to um, continued therapy or perhaps would even prolong our hospital stay uh, from our predicted length of stay. Um, while the symptoms that we identified could have led to decreased quality of stay, um, just because they're you know, unpleasant symptoms in nature that patients are experiencing, we actually did not find a difference in the use of medication that, uh, medications that would be used to treat those symptoms, uh, nor did we identify a difference in length of stay between the groups that were continued on therapy versus discontinued. Uh, we did, like I said, have a relatively small population, so this is a role where larger studies examining this topic could be useful in determining if those results might be the same at other institutions or maybe in a larger group of patients. I, I think you've alluded to this uh, next question I have already, but I wanted to ask you specifically if there are you know, any for patients that are going to be admitted to the ICU or, or, tran or transferred there, are there any um, specific patient characteristics or risk factors that um, would appear useful to predict who might be at uh, high risk for development of a antidepressant discontinuation syndrome? This is a, a good question as well. We did do a regression analysis to find this out, and the only two significant factors that remained um, that we identified that would be linked to the development of ADS symptoms were uh, discontinuation of antidepressant therapy and then being of the female sex. And so based on literature, uh, we actually thought we might find that agents with shorter half-lives were more likely to be associated with that as well, um, but that was not the case in our study. Um, we are a little uncertain as to why the female sex was associated with a higher rate of ADS symptoms, but we did find a couple of uh, theories in the literature that might help explain that finding. One of those theories is that there's data uh, stating that women are more likely to respond to SSRIs and SNRIs in terms of efficacy. And so um, our thought there is this could result in more withdrawal symptoms once that medication is taken away. Uh, I see. Um, well, whenever a, an, an antidepressant discontinuation uh, syndrome does appear uh, or, or is suspected, are there uh, options for treatment other than reinstituting your antidepressant treatments? Um, really, if the, if the agent cannot be either reinstated or the dose increased or something of that nature, then um, really one of the only options is to symptomatically manage those um, adverse effects. So for example, if you do have an ICU patient that's unable to take oral medications, um, therefore their antidepressants discontinued, and then develop something like nausea vomiting, then we can use something along the lines of IV antiemetics um, to control those symptoms until the medication can either be continued or until those symptoms resolve. Um, there's been a lot of um, talk in the literature about just symptomatically managing things like insomnia um, via benzodiazepines or something of that nature as well. Uh, most of the symptoms, luckily, are relatively mild and self-limiting. And so some of those more severe adverse effects are a little uh, more rare. So uh, the idea would be that you could symptomatically manage the patient until either you're able to reinstitute that medication or until those um, effects just go away on their own. Well, I guess we, we can conclude, but I have one sort of final 
general um, question for you, and that is, are there, you know, can you state any general recommendations for improving care um, that are applicable to this situation where patients who've been taking antidepressants um, require treatment in an ICU? Yes, so I think um, one of the biggest areas that requires pharmacist attention on this issue would be to maintain those accurate and up-to-date home medication records. Um, just being able to know definitively which, um, you know, antidepressants or what dose the patient is taking and being able to reinstate those. But also uh, being able to evaluate patients for the feasibility of continuing those home antidepressants as soon as possible and uh, being able to evaluate that often as well since our patients, especially in the ICU, are very dynamic in terms of their conditions and can change uh, very quickly. The other part that I would say is very important is educating other healthcare professionals on the possibility of ADS development. Um, this is something that you know, physicians or other people that you're working with may not be aware of how severe this could be or that it could affect the inpatient population. And so just educating them on that piece um, will help as well. Because of how many patients are on these medications at this time, um, this has become something that we routinely evaluate for on rounds so that we can avoid the development of those symptoms whenever possible. Uh, Dr. Pham, I'd love to talk to you uh, longer uh, about your research, but I, I think it's fair to uh, refer our listeners to your uh, research report, which is uh, very detailed on the abrupt discontinuation of antidepressants in the ICU that was recently published in Pharmacotherapy. And I should also mention your uh, co-authors are David Fick, um, Diana Meshelay and Crystal uh, Hasse. Uh, Dr. Bam, thank you so much uh, for your time and for providing insight on this subject of interest. And again, I hope the readers will refer to your uh, original research report in pharmacotherapy. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to another ACCP podcast episode. Our theme music is called Rocket Power and is licensed by Creative Commons. Please take a moment to recommend this podcast and subscribe via iTunes so that you'll get notified of when our next episode will be released.